This is the Tanakh Podcast with Alex Israel. Today, Malachim Aleph, Perak Yudche, Chapter 18. In this chapter, one of the most famous in the whole Tanakh, Eliyahu challenges King Ahav and his 400 or 450 prophets of Baal. In fact, he sort of challenges the entire nation to a duel, to a contest. What he wants to do is to prove QED, to prove belief of God. And indeed, this is the climax of this entire scene where he causes fire to come down from heaven and to burn the sacrifice which is designated for God. And everybody falls on their faces and prostrates themselves and says, Hashem, who ha'elokim? Yudke vavke, Hashem, the God of Israel, he is the only power, the only God. Hashem, who ha'elokim? This sort of ne'ila-like moment, a moment of clarity, a moment of decision. Eliyahu is, is determined to bring the nation to this point. At the critical um, juncture in the chapter, right at the center, Vayigash Eliyahu el kol ha'am vayomru ad matayah temposchim al shteh ha'seifim. How long are you going to be dithering between two opinions? Or according to a different translation, how long are you going to be jumping between two branches like a bird? How long are you going to be limping from one side to the other? Im Hashem ha'Elohim. If Hashem is the God, lechu acharav, follow Him. Vim habal lechu acharav. And if the Baal is the true deity, then follow Him. It seems like the people want the best of both worlds. They're very happy worshiping Hashem on occasion, and worshipping the Baal and being absolutely inconsistent. Let us remember that in the world of polytheism, one can have many gods side by side. But God in monotheism, right, we have a situation of intolerance for other gods. We, are in, we have exclusive belief and exclusive fidelity to Hashem. And therefore, Eliyahu is determined to make the people make a choice. They can't keep on dithering between two different opinions. They have to make a decision. And in this regard, he is phenomenally successful. He brings the people to a point of faith where they can all say, Hashem hu ha'elokim. What a moment of success for Eliyahu. And three years, three years of bringing the country to a situation of, of terrible famine, and, and including death and, and, and a lot of suffering, has maybe paid off as far as Eliyahu is concerned. But for today, I'd like to focus on one peculiar feature of this story, and that is the character of Ovadia. When you look at the chapter, there are about 15 verses which are dedicated to Eliyahu's encounter with Ovadia, who is uh, Ahav's sidekick, Ahav's director of activities, his uh, home secretary. And the question is why we have this entire encounter here. If you read through the chapter, um, the chapter begins, chapter 18, where it's the third year of the famine, and God gives Eliyahu a direct instruction, go and appear to Ahav. And 
then we could actually skip from verse 1 all the way to verse 17, where it says, And when Ahav saw Eliyahu, and they have their conversation. Why do we need the 16 intervening verses? What What, what is happening there? So I'll give three possibilities. Option number one. This is a literary device in order to ratchet up the tension for the meeting with Ahav. In verse number one, God says, go meet Ahav. And we're waiting for the meeting. We want the prophet to meet the king. In the meantime, he meets Ovadia, the king's secretary. And Ovadia says to him, we've been looking for you everywhere. Are you really going to be there? We, we meet when, when you, will you really meet Ahav? And this, we're waiting for the meeting and waiting for the meeting. Maybe that's the reason it's there. I have to say that personally, it might be true, but I have to feel that there's something even deeper. In an interesting article by um, Dr. Yael Ziegler in a book called Maftirim Benavi, uh, we have a second approach. And Dr. Yael Ziegler says that, in fact, Ovadia is a foil for Eliyahu. Eliyahu lives in a binary world. Either you worship God or you worship um, the Baal. But you can't, you know, there are no grey characters. There are either Tzadikim or there are Rashaim. Except that there are other people. Because, of course, we hear about Ovadia, who has hidden a hundred prophets in two different caves, 50 in this cave, 50 in this cave, and he is providing them with, with water, and food, and because Ezebel is killing all the prophets of God. Eliyahu feels like he's the only one who has to fight this fight, but there are a hundred other prophets who could come to his assistance. There are even people in government like Ovadia, who is described in, his name is Ovadia, serving God, and we're told by the verse in Pasuk 3, Haya yarei et Hashem that he served, he was very, very God-fearing. So whereas Eliyahu is down on the people and he feels that the people are so sinful, in fact, maybe there's a lot of hope. Maybe things aren't so extreme as Eliyahu thinks it is. And therefore, uh, as a foil for Eliyahu, we have a sort of a different world, a world which is a little more, has shades of grey as opposed to the black and white of Eliyahu's world. And that might be, that's an interesting approach, but I would like to... Uh, suggest a, a third approach and that is this when Eliyahu meets Ovadia let's remember on the one hand Ovadia is Yareya Tashem Od he's very God-fearing on the other hand Ovadia is Asher Alabayit he is responsible for all of the King Ahab's affairs and let's remember that Ahab is married to Jezebel Jezebel is killing the prophets of God Ahab has established a regime whereby the nation has turned towards the Baal. And the minute Ovadia sees Eliyahu, he says, Adoni Eliyahu. Is that you, my master Eliyahu? And Eliyahu immediately responds to him and says, Vayomerlo Ani. Yes, indeed it is me. Lech emor la Eliyahu. Go tell your master. Here is Elijah. Who's his master? Ahav. Now what do you see here? That in fact, Ovadia has two masters. One master is Elijah. The other one is Ahab. 
And the question is, can anybody have two masters? Eliyahu's entire notion here is that you cannot have two masters. You have to make a choice. You have to decide whether you're on the side of the good guys or of the bad guys. You know, even this particular duel, this contest, which takes place on Mount Carmel. Some years ago, I went on a teal, I went on a a, a trip to Mount Carmel, and we're standing there at the top, and the wonderful tour guide, her name is Shuli Mishkin, um, we're standing there, and she says, look north, and we look north, and we see the sea, and we see the coast of Israel, and in the distance, she says, over there, that is exactly Tzor, that is Tyre, that's where Jezebel came from. And then she said, turn around 180 degrees. And we did that. And you can see the hills of Shomron. You can see, see the, the approximate location of Shomron. And she says, why did Eliyahu choose this site to have his contest? Because it's literally as clear as north and south. If you want the Baal, follow the Baal. If you want Hashem, follow the Hashem. Are you going to follow Phoenicia or are you going to follow Israel? Eliyahu is all about the people having to choose. Ovadia is the man. He, he might be a very lovely man, but he, he, he might fear God greatly. But you cannot fear God greatly, even if you do hide a hundred prophets of God, if you are part of Ahav's government. If you consider Ahav to be your master, then God is not your master. And that is exactly what Eliyahu is all about. We hear 15 verses about Ovadia because Ovadia is the problem, not the solution, as far as Eliyahu is concerned. Eliyahu is the man who will bring fire down from heaven and bring everybody to a point of clarity, to a point of decision. Hashem Hu Elohim, God, and my might add, God alone is the God and no other deity in exclusive fidelity to God with nothing, no other choice nothing on the side, no other alternative, only Hashem. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow.